there, Tyrell. How you doing? I'm doing good, Zane. Uh, excited to be here on your podcast. It's a long time coming. Well, it's good to have you. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. I feel like it's been uh, quite a journey to get you in front of the, the screen here. Yeah, I'm a hard man to reach. What can I say? Um, you know, had some problems earlier this week, but uh, here I am and I'm ready to get into it. Well, that's great, man. You know, I, I had an interesting encounter this morning when I was gone on my way to work and that's why I'm in my work attire still because when you came over and I just got home from work, I thought, you know what, let's continue looking nice for now, you know? Yeah. And I understand that you just came from a run, which we will get into afterwards. I definitely want to save that. But um, yeah, no, this morning when I was waking up, I went to get my gas and I was filling up and some woman comes in on the other side of the stall and I'm just sitting there and she starts talking to herself. You know how sometimes you hear people that are like, oh no, or like, oh, that's not working or oh yeah, just randomly. Yeah, yeah. That happened to me this morning and I was sitting there just getting my, my gas and I couldn't help, I was so close to her, I thought kind of emotionally invested and, and, <laughs> and involved. I, I felt like I needed to go, yeah, good for you, whatever happened over there. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I can relate to it. You know, sometimes you're the guy talking to himself and sometimes you're the guy listening to it. You know, like I've, I've definitely been that person that people are turning their heads saying, what the hell is that guy doing? I appreciate the energy. Like I, I love people that are comfortable to just to just do stuff like that and sound awesome and be comfortable, you know, because I'm kind of a, an animated guy myself. I know you kind of are too. We, we both kind of play off each other pretty well. I think that's why our friendship has last so long through the ages. Like we've been friends since like yay high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, lots of roots here. And, um, you know, that's probably it. We both very high energy guys like to go out and do stuff. So, you know, I'm happy to be on your podcast. It's my first podcast, I should say. Yeah, for a guy that I know listens to lots of podcasts as yourself, it's quite different when you're actually in the seat, a part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, in front of your millions of listeners, I'm feeling a little bit nervous really. <laughs> well hopefully a million one day <laughs> not even close to that right now but uh thankful for the people that do listen of course and um i was really excited to get tyrell on board because you know you and i i think we connect on a number of different values and things that we follow in social media and current events and whatnot i really wanted to get your thoughts on what happened recently with twitter i, I know i was talking about that previously in one of my own solo podcasts just myself I was talking about Elon Musk taking over Twitter. I wanted to get your thoughts about that. I haven't really talked to you about that one-on-one -on -one yet. Um, well, yeah. Do you know where it's at right now? I know I heard that he was going to buy it. And there was a lot of pushback, but it all went through and everything's continuing on. Yeah, as far as I know, like Twitter accepted the deal. Like He, he submitted another bid and he's going to own Twitter if he doesn't already. So, Or a majority yeah. of it anyways. I mean... I guess my first thought is anything that guy decides to do, he goes and gets it done. Like all the people complaining about it, I'm not, I don't really know where that's coming from, you know, but it's going to be a good thing for Twitter. People are going to be able to say things that maybe they weren't allowed to say before. I think it's going to be a lot better place to hang out online. Yeah, absolutely. I, I talked, about, again, people who listened to the last episode, I talked about the same kind of thing, but just to rehash with Tyrell here. Um, yes, free speech, like that's what he talks about from the get-go. 
And I don't know about you, but I like that. That that really revs my engine. I, I want that type of platform. Yeah, you know, and he was one of the more balanced voices out there on Twitter through COVID when, you know, everybody's hating on each other and all that stuff. So I think, like, I'm not sure where all the hate is coming from. Um, I feel like maybe there's some people that had a lot of pull um, over what people can and can't say before that are afraid to be losing it now. And maybe that's where it's coming from. I think a lot of it is being pushed towards people. Yeah, something funny happened. Um, I, I, I'm still single right now. And I've tried the dating apps, like I'm sure a majority <laughs> of people have out there have also, uh, particularly Bumble. And I matched this with this woman on, on Bumble. And do you want to know what her first, because on that platform, the women message you first. Yes, yes. Right? You match and then they message you if they desire to or not. You know what her first question to me was? <laughs> oh, I think I was there actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I told you this. Yeah, yeah. I, I laughed really hard when you showed me this. She's, she's, your... like, <laughs> she's like, what's your most controversial opinion? So I'm like taken aback, right? Everybody has some controversy, no matter how deep it is or how out in the open it is. Yeah, don't ask me that question on this podcast. <laughs> and from time to time, in an odd situation, particularly like this, you reach into the vault, the locked away vault, and yet you find something that's, you know, relatively, no, like, not like on the on the brink, on the line at least. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, I, I literally just said to her, I said, um, well, first, like, who asks that? Like, in, yeah, in, yeah. in, a, in a, a very... Sounds like a fun, casual way to get to know someone. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm, I'm kind of awkward myself to initiate a conversation. I'm definitely an extrovert and a people person. But getting that conversation started, that's a little difficult. And I think, like, a lot of people can speak to that, wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, I'm always actually relieved. Um, you know, I've been on those apps, too, and... And sometimes the, the girl comes out with a question right away and that kind of gets the ball rolling. And I'm always grateful for that because, you know, as the guy, there's a lot of questions that you could ask and 95% of them make it seem like you're a creep. So when they start the conversation, I'm usually grateful. Maybe not this situation. Well, and, and hey, like the intention is there with with the platforms the platforms mean well it's just trying to connect people together but at the end of the day man like i i, I just what we're doing right now talking face to face like yeah that, that's my kind of communication yeah absolutely but but back to the story here um yeah she asks what's your most controversial opinion and that's a pretty hard-hitting question to to when we first lock eyes <laughs> you know <laughs> at first i'd kind of be like hey how are you but okay yeah well, let's get deep all right, so she she asks, "What's your most controversial opinion?" So, I throw it out there since it's current, it's it's new, it's fresh. Everybody's talking about it, no matter what side of the spectrum you're on. Uh, I said I s personally support Elon Musk buying Twitter, and she's like, "Why though?" <laughs> so she, okay, she wants an explanation. It's like, okay, well, you got my opinion. How about? And I said, "How about you?" And she and she's like, "Why though?" And I just, again, like I, I kind of let it. You stepped on the lever. It was yeah. already pushed. I, I let it marinate a little bit because I was like, okay, well, how am I supposed to carry this forward now? Am I supposed to tell her like like some some real things here or should I just play it safe and just say, well, uh, uh, you know. 
But no, I just I just simply said I like what he stands for. I like what he has to say about free speech, and I don't support censorship in, yeah. in any capacity. So she's like, "Oh, can't say I agree." And then I never heard from her ever again. She didn't even answer my question. I said, how about you? <laughs> you know, she did provide a lot of entertainment for me. Like I went home and, and laughed about that. That's a, you know, about what I expected. Some of the things, even before you talk to some of the people on those apps is just insane where it's gotten to. Like I'm, I personally love Joe Rogan's podcast, but I'm scrolling through Tinder and there's girls on there that just say, you know, if you listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, swipe left or whatever. And, you know, it, he may have had some controversial guests on there, but like the most of his podcast is just dumb laughing stuff or, or fitness or, you know, he talks to experts like there's so much stuff on his podcast that you could listen to. But yet <laughs> there's people on there that think he's the devil for some reason. Well, and I find it kind of ironic when you got like the hippie artists like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell from like the <clears> 60s <throat> who are all about like, you know, freedom and like almost like to the point of anti-government kind of yeah, kind, yeah. kind of values. And then Joe Rogan comes out with all of his stuff and they want to like leave Spotify. Those two artists want to leave Spotify unless Joe Rogan is taken off the podcast like streaming service. And it's like a little hypocritical, <clears throat> contrary to your younger self from the '60s. And I just, I, I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird. But I'm, I'm agree. I agree with you. I like Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast. I think it's a good open platform, and it just stimulates conversation, which is what's most important for anything today. When, when we're talking about all kinds of different things and and having platforms for that, you know, it's it's really important. I think it's a little harsh to have something in your bio that says, "If you're any of this, don't talk to me." And it's just like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you for narrowing it down at least, but, I mean, you're a little blunt, are you not? Yeah, I mean, they're almost doing me and you a favor, right? Because we know we don't have to waste time talking to them, I guess, but that's just such an odd rule. Like, did you come up with that, or are you saying that because your friends have put that in your head, that that's what good, right-thinking people think? Um, I'm not sure, but... Uh, you know, I think I think people see Joe Rogan, and he's quite powerful now. You know, um, you know they call his clips "powerful JRE" on YouTube, and power like that kind of attracts enemies, and it seems like that's what's happening with him. Well, you're not going to please everybody, right? And that, but that's why you need the freedom to to have all those things out there in the open, and you can decide where you lie. I just personally have enough respect to to you know be kind to everybody and not be so blunt <laughs> yeah i mean uh, and you know everybody's got to be able to think somewhat out loud like if you're not even allowed to say certain things out loud nobody can even tell you why they're that you're wrong you know you'll just go around insulated from any critique and and you'll probably be more cemented in you know awful views of whatever sort no, absolutely. What have you been doing to kind of, um, you know, keep your, your mental health in check during these last couple of years? Because I think that's been suffering the most for a lot of people was like this, like the the mental side of things. Yeah, where, yeah. Where we're isolated and we're not really doing the same things that we used to always do like mindlessly. Like how, how have you kind of navigated that terrain? Well, yeah. And uh, to be honest, you know, the whole isolating aspects of covid 
did have quite a hard effect on me. I'm an extroverted person. I I feel a lot better when I've talked to, you know, 10 people in a day and, and those conversations went well than if I, you know, I'm an equipment operator, if I sat in my machine all day and didn't talk to anybody for longer than two minutes. So it was quite a challenge. Um, I tried to, you know, keep in touch with my friends. That always helped. Uh, uh, fitness, you know, I, I wish I could say that I that I uh, kept up with that the whole way, but when the gyms are closed, you know, it kind of took my... Uh, it took my motivation away um, and I kind of succumbed to that. But yeah, I would say that's the biggest one is, is you know, I started running in the past little while here and I, it, I wish I had started done doing that throughout the pandemic because, you know, the exercise just does wonders, wonders for your mind. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I myself, I work about, I work out about three times a week and, uh, I think the greatest feeling in the world is when you're done the workout. Like you, you push yourself and you work hard throughout it, but when you're done and you sit down finally and you just have that, that relaxed feeling of, of your muscles being worked and sweated, like it's just, yeah. it's, it's, un, it's hard to describe actually, but like that's really what the motivator is for me is getting to that feeling. Yeah, totally. You know, and I, I find it, I find it does even more for me on the days, you know, I don't feel like going and then I go anyway, like 10 minutes in, I just feel like I could lift the planet on my shoulders, you know, <laughs> like you, you push through that wall and there's some serious reward there. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you transitioned into this because I, I wanted to really get into the, the thick and dirty of you now deciding to run a marathon which I thought was really awesome when you told me that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. It's, it, it's in June, uh, running the Banff Marathon. And um, yeah, I just had about 15 weeks to train. Um, I just wanted to challenge myself, you know. That's awesome. When did you decide that you were going to do this? Like, what what was the epiphany? What what made you decide that? I, I, I've known you for a long time, and I, I, I can't honestly say I, I could have said that Tyrell's going to run a marathon when he's in his, like, 20, you're 25 now, right? When you're 25. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, right? I, I was not a runner. Not at all. Like, I never ran. <laughs> like, every time I ran, my ankles and my hips would hurt so bad after. I, I like, couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. And then, you know, I, what really inspired me to do this was I read, uh, uh, I don't know if you know who David Goggins is, but heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a Navy SEAL guy. Um, he wrote this book called can't hurt me. That's all about toughening your mind. And in it, he talks about how, when he was in the Navy SEALs, he was doing 20 minutes of cardio a week on Sundays on the elliptical. That was like his whole thing. Other than that, he was kind of like a bodybuilder guy. And then uh, he decided he wanted to run um, a really hard race to raise money for uh, the families of the people who died in the Lone Survivor incident. You, you know, that was a movie with Mark Wahlberg and everything. Yeah, very good movie. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he wanted to raise money for them. And so he decided he wanted to do this 135-mile race, but to do it, the race director told him, well, you know, there's a, you have to have ran a hundred miles. So there's one coming up in two days. If you want to run it and get back to me, good luck, you know, like kind of thinking he wouldn't do it. And, you know, I think it nearly killed him, but he did it. 
And after reading that book, I was just, you know, 100 miles, no training, makes kind of what I'm trying to do seem so small. And I just thought, you know, I'm leaving a lot on the table here. Let's see what I can do. That's awesome, man. And I know that throughout our friendship, like you've you've been a pretty fit guy. Like I've seen you go to the gym multiple times and and, and I've seen the results that you've had and, and, and you know, you've looked pretty awesome. You look great right now. Uh, but I applaud you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you don't know how to accept that. Yeah, no, <laughs> un- understandable. But like, no, I, I just think the whole thing is, is pretty cool. Can you can you listen to your music when you're running that marathon? Like like the actual race? Can you put your <clears throat> headphones in as you run? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't know if there's much rules other than like I can wear my running watch. I can listen to music. Plenty of people do. Um, obviously, this is my first one, so I've got a lot to learn once I get there. But yeah, yeah, I can definitely listen to music. So how do you prepare for a marathon then? Um, you run, obviously, but like, what else do you do physically, like with your with your diet, with, with your sleep patterns? Like, what goes into that process? Well, I'm glad you asked me that because I've this has been a really great learning experience for me. I didn't know anything about this, you know. Like you said, I've I've always been into working out on and off throughout my life, but uh, never anything in the endurance space. And it's it's kind of a different animal, you know. Um, so in the beginning, you want to be like 15 weeks out, you want to be logging lots of easy miles. So, you know, I use my I use my watch here to track my heart rate and I try to keep my heart rate below 150, but ideally below 145. And you log lots of easy miles in the beginning. Every week you do a long run on Sundays. So that started for me at seven and a half miles. And then I think, you know, I, I sent you the stats uh, last Sunday, I ran 16 and a half miles. So that's going to keep increasing till about 20 or I haven't decided if I'm going to go up to 22 miles yet. And then that's as far as you go. A lot of people think, oh, you got to run a marathon to train for a marathon, but you actually don't. There's, as you increase the miles, the likelihood that you're going to hurt yourself and not be able to run the marathon goes up. So once you get up to 20 miles, they say you really don't need to go farther than that. But that's the main thing I do. Other than that, throughout the week, log another easy run, run basically every other day, and you know run lots of hills. So every Wednesday, I've been trying to do hills. And then um, the other runs do some intervals. Like today, I ran over to your house, and I was very satisfied. I got some of the fastest miles I've logged on my watch yet. What was the mileage from my house to your house? Uh, so I got here, it was about three and a third to get here, but I wanted to do four. So I, I went around another loop and came around. So I did about 4.1 miles to get here, but I could have got here a little bit quicker. Very cool, Terrell. And it's funny that you said off the air before you came here, um, well, you're a fossil now. Can you enlighten the audience as to why you're a fossil? <laughs> so I just said... This is, if I die, this podcast will be the only video as of evidence of my existence online. There you go. Get a good look, everybody. Here I am. This is Rel. Tyrell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyways, back to brass tacks there, Tyrell. Getting me off track there, even though I started the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, are you supposed to measure your mileage then and keep track of it? when you're preparing for a marathon? 
Yes, um, you're supposed to keep track of it on a weekly basis. My watch actually does that for me. If you look at it now, it says 20.6 there. So that's uh, the 16 and a half miles I ran on Sunday. And then unfortunately, I, I wasn't feeling too good this week. So I didn't run until today. And uh, yeah, so I, you got to track that. And um, you're not supposed to increase it over 10% per week, which is something I had to learn in the beginning because my joints just couldn't handle it. So that's why I'm kind of running every other day now instead of basically every day. Does it keep track of your steps then too? I'm actually curious, like how many steps would be in a marathon? Um, I'm not sure how many would be in a marathon, but uh, I did clock the longest or uh, the most steps I've ever taken the other day, and it was 33,000. I, I do follow a couple of marathoners on Instagram and it's usually somewhere in that range. I think 35,000 to 40,000 steps, I think, would probably be a marathon distance. That's really interesting, too, because that's in one sitting. That's that's not accrued over the whole day. That's in one sitting. And I was listening to Gad Sad. Oh, yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. He was on Joe Rogan recently, and he was talking about his weight loss program and how what he was following and how he, he lost a bunch of weight. Well, about time. <laughs> hey. I'm just kidding, Gad, hey. if you're listening. Hey. If you're listening, Gad... I want to hang out. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> oh, Tara. He was um, literally saying how every single day he would walk like over 20,000 to 30,000 steps. Like in a day. Oh, wow. So when you say like 30,000 steps in one marathon, which is how long does a marathon usually take the average person? Um, the average person probably between four and five hours. You know, the, mm. I think the record is something like two hours, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, that is pretty crazy when you think about it. Like that's like a full out sprint for most people for two straight hours. That's pretty insane. <laughs> is there like an adrenaline component to seeking a marathon or is it just more so just like the challenge and, and the competition with yourself that motivates you? Um, yeah, it's the challenge. I don't know so much about the adrenaline, but um, you know, the, I'm, I'm a follower, a disciple of uh, David Goggins and he says you know do something that sucks every day and this was supposed to suck to be honest a lot more than it has um, because I've grown to like it quite a bit I mean 16 and a half miles felt like I was gonna die by the end of it <laughs> but um, you know I've really grown to like it a lot and it, yes it is all about the challenge once I'm done this I'll be able to say I ran this far you know most people don't even think about doing that um, yeah, so that's really what does it for me. So, so what's your diet looking like then leading up to this? Like, what are you consuming oh, it's delicious. more? Is it delicious? It's delicious. You know, I was actually dieting going into this. I was trying to lose some weight beforehand. That's, you know, I was working out and stuff, but I was just trying to lose weight. And uh, I learned early on that I had to change my diet. I had to eat a lot more to sustain this kind of running. I mean, just for... Sunday, uh, for example, I burned 1800 calories in three hours. That's like a day's worth of calories for most people in that short amount of time. So, you know, like I'm just loving life, you know, I'm getting blizzards. I, I, you know, I try to eat a lot of protein and eat healthy for the most part, but it's really loosened me up where I can, where I can eat a lot more, uh, foods that 
normally would be off limits on some sort of fitness program and i just love it like i think this might be the lifestyle for me so i can keep crushing the pizza all the time (laughs) is there like a particular weight that you have to be at or or is it just if you can run it you can run it sort of thing like do people keep track of that as well um there's definitely no weight prescribed most marathon runners you know the, the trope is is they're they're very skinny um, they tend not to have a lot of muscle up top or in their legs. Um, like they're strong, obviously, but you, you know, the type of runner, most runners are, are very skinny because it's, you know, when you're running that much, it's hard to maintain body mass at a high level because you're burning so many calories. Like most people just aren't that hungry. Well, that's really cool. Tyrell, you've inspired me and I, I can't wait to actually go watch you because I, I i plan to come watch you like i know that we talked oh, really? about yeah like me me and austin talked about that in brem we might come down and watch you that's pretty sweet and uh obviously we're gonna have you back on the podcast so that we can talk about the aftermath so really looking forward to that as well yeah you know i know we want to transition to the next thing but before we do i just want to say that's been one of the greatest rewards of doing this you know you, think people would react in a different way but you know all my friends are super proud of me and and you know they want to get involved and i that just means the world to me thanks a lot guys oh anytime buddy and my other question actually to end this segment off is do you need a ride home after since you ran here um you know i'm gonna say on the podcast no but uh afterwards yeah yeah i'd like a ride i'm i'm ran out for today (laughs) Okay, so so you want people to know or think at least that you're going to run home after this again. Yes, But course. in reality, when we go off air, I'm going to actually take you home. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but edit all that out. Okay, edit well, out. we'll see. You, you, know, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tara, when I say I've known you since yay high, I literally mean yay high. Like we went through every grade together pretty much. Like we've, we've been there since day one. And uh, I think about our fond memories in high school and in particular – you and I acted in one act plays. Yeah, that was that was a great part of my life. I love that. Yeah, I've always seen you as a creative guy, <laughs> and you were definitely the type to be on stage performing. And uh, I think that's kind of what gravitated us together to to do those types of plays together. We did a lot of comedies, and uh, it was just a good experience. It really helps you kind of get comfortable in your own skin when you're just thrown out there in the spotlight in front of a ton of people and just memorizing all these lines that you never think you're going to memorize, but for some reason they spew out of you in the moment when you're actually doing the play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the rush of it, right? Like that was, uh, you know, that was some of the happiest times of my life. Like I, I was, I was thinking about being an actor there for a while and mm-hmm. you we, we had a really great time. Our play was just classic. I got to throw you around, even though you're like a foot taller than me. <laughs> it's pretty fun. I Did, think I got a little too rough sometimes. Well, vice versa, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I know you went to U of A for Bachelor of Arts. Did you do any drama classes of any kind or any type of creative class? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Um, cause I, like I said, I started out, I wanted to be an actor. Um, I decided not to do that after I think it was my first drama class. And, um, you know, some of the attitudes of the people, like I kind of felt like it was a bit of a pissing contest to be honest. And I just totally turned me off from it, but I do miss it. 
I do miss performing and, you know, giving your every ounce of your body and soul to making this production for people to see, you know, like because once it comes to showtime, there's no second tries and that really gives you quite a rush and it the feeling afterwards like I still don't think I've had anything compared to it yeah 100% and and the cool part about that too is when when you go through the rigorous season of preparing for a big production it's like a hockey team you know you're 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 going through the good and the bad together you're bonding and all these experiences and then when the time comes and you actually perform you're right it's it's a huge rush and you, you've basically become a family throughout this whole process because you get so tight-knit and close together and in ways intimate with with the experience absolutely you're spending all this time together it's like literally like brother and sister you know fighting you know it's 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 such a unique experience that way yeah especially in our play because it was basically just you and me and then uh one one liner character that came in at the end and uh yeah i i had the greatest time doing that with you oh me too and i i still don't understand why i was kind of in the heat of the battle with our teacher when he got mad that i went to mexico oh yes yes i like remember that two yeah. weeks before our play yeah so i missed out on picking all of our lighting yeah arrangement but I memorized my lines, and I, I actually I felt like a movie star when I went to Mexico because like I, I took <laughs> I took I took my book with me, yeah, just sitting on the beach memorizing my lines for this big role I had. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know that was uh, that was the double edged sword of 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 our drama teacher too. You know that's why I had a lot of respect for him because you know he would be hard on people that he felt weren't taking it. Um, very seriously but you know if you really gave your all he would just love you for it and uh, like I always took to that approach quite well and you know you had you had a hard go there because there was like three or four pages like probably five minutes <laughs> or so of the play where my line was just yeah yeah really yeah and you just had to keep remembering the next line and I would always just keep saying yeah and you know I don't know if you want to talk about what ended up happening yeah I was just gonna say you you remember when we both forgot our line mid play what like the night of like yes in front of everybody yeah it was uh it was quite funny um <laughs> I just remember locking eyes with you because uh I said yeah and then you know you said your line but then I think we both looked at each other and we realized you had already said that line. And I was very impressed. You know, after the show, you recovered from it so nicely and got back into the play, like, as it was scripted, that people who watched it didn't even realize that there was a screw-up at all. And I was, like, really impressed with that. We got, you know, we got a lot of love from uh, the judges on that. Um, I don't remember who judged it, but, yeah, I remember we, we did pretty well. Yeah, but that that's just that's just the mark of a good partner, having a good chemistry, you know? When I was in that moment, I was almost, like, going white with fear. And I was just, like, I was literally about to get up and say, you guys, I'm really sorry I wasted your time, but I forgot my line. <laughs> <laughs> but you played off it so well and I credit you for that because I, yeah. I, I drew a blank and you just played off it played off each other 
Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what I did because there wasn't much I could do because all, like I said, all my lines were just, yeah, while you monologued for a good while, and, <laughs> but you found it again and I was very impressed. Yeah, and you kind of like, I don't know, the way you said your words, it was kind of a trigger for me to eventually say, okay, yeah, that that's what it was. Yeah. You yeah. know, because you have those brain farts, it's going to happen. And I do credit our teacher for... For, like I, I totally agree with you. He was a great teacher, and yeah. uh, I was on his good side, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, like, yeah, he he was just so happy for us after the show. He was like, "Good job, you guys." And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he knew his stuff. Yeah, and I, I think uh, we uh, when we went to uh, what was it provincials, we got um, we got praised for. Uh, oh no, no, sorry, that was uh, something else. But we, we didn't end up going to provincials remember no but there's a story behind that i think we i think it came down to like we were almost gonna go there or something i, I don't remember how exactly it went down but people were very impressed with our show the best warm beer in brooklyn yes that's yes what it was that's what it was called people can look that up there's uh i don't know i wish we had video evidence of it i don't think we do that would have been so cool i have video evidence of plays where of course you know i'm kind of a two-bit character in it but no, none of our masterpiece and our, our 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 compatriot there, uh, supporting actor Kai McKenzie, who, yeah. who is now a voice actor, a well-known voice actor. Actually, give a shout out to him. He was yeah, a, that's actually crazy. Eh? He's, yeah. he's really doing it. Oh yeah, he sure is. And uh, yeah, he was he played a pretty good role in our in our play too. He was kind of loud and ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He get barged in at the end there yeah. and uh, with a gun or something, right? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty intense. It was pretty <laughs> intense. No, good good times, man. Good memories. Yeah, Terrell, just to get into our final mini segment to cl clear off this show here. You and I and our, our mutual friend, Brem, Randy, his girlfriend, his fiance, actually. Congratulations. Yeah, he's getting all serious on us. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Austin and his girlfriend, Piro, for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, Austin we... and his girlfriend, Piro. Yes. Not <laughs> Tara. <laughs> yes. But Austin's Piro. <laughs> um. We went and saw the new Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange 2, The Multiverse of Madness. And we're not going to have any spoilers here. And uh, we went and saw it in IMAX, which I haven't been to an IMAX theater since a field trip in grade school, like like elementary school. Yeah, I don't even know if I've ever been to one. It was it was interesting. It was an interesting experience. We Unfortunately, we kind of got there a little later and... and it was select seating and lots of the back ones were taken. So we ended up going pretty much like dead at the front almost. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, uh, with the 3d glasses, it feels like you're like another 20 feet ahead. So <laughs> I don't know if I like the 3d man. It makes my eyes feel weird. Yeah. There's like something weird about it, right? Like the, at times it would get like blurry. Yeah. And it was almost like you weren't wearing the glasses right or something. I, I don't understand what was going on there. It was like, of all movies to see in 3D, I, I keep saying this, uh, that probably was one of the ones you'd want to see because of all the crazy patterns and stuff. But Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think next movie I'm probably just going to go see it in, in standard. Yeah, no, I, I'm 100% with you on that one. I, I do like, though, like IMAX Cedar has its purpose for that reason you just said with that type of crazy movie. But I also really liked it for like National Geographic and stuff like that when there would be like some kind of educational film. Like that's what my field trip was. We went to this, I think it was, because I think there's an IMAX in the Space and Science. Oh, it's not the Space and Science Center anymore. Uh, it's the Telus World of Science yes, in yeah. Edmonton. And they have like an IMAX theater there as well. 
and we would see all these really cool like science educational videos like bill and i the science guy type of stuff not as quirky but like you know yeah they would have like those drones and those helicopters flying over this landscape and you're like literally looking at it like you're in the helicopter it's kind of cool yeah yeah i mean it's it i don't know if i really felt the difference that much but like i remember going to the the science center like you said there and it it was a pretty incredible show that they put on there um dr strange was a wild ride to see in imax and you know i i loved it i'm a big i'm you know i'm not comic book movie guy i will never compare (laughs) but i love dr strange he's one of my favorite in the marvel universe and this pretty much checked all the boxes for me you know like there was there was interdimensional travel um you know the classic Wanda, the the good character turning around and becoming the evil witch. Loved it. Um, what was your favorite part? I just loved all the craziness in general. I, I like a movie that's, um, in some ways, I don't want to say jumpy because jumpy's not really scary. It's just jumpy. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's no other way to really explain it. But I like a little bit of terror, like sprinkled in not not like the not the overshadowing dominant yeah. feature but i do like a little bit of little, little horror in there and it seemed kind of horror-y at times it's yeah. definitely not a kid's movie i'll tell you that much we're not we have no spoilers here we're not going to talk about it in depth but i wouldn't take your kid to see it <laughs> yeah you know I, and that was <laughs> maybe maybe i'm just immature but I, I didn't i didn't that was the part that i didn't agree with you guys i said what do you mean I, <laughs> i'd take my kid to this i thought it was great <laughs> it was it's funny though the kids in theaters a like that it's it's almost over and that kid behind us is like is it done (laughs) literally the movie's playing is it done like it's pretty (laughs) obvious you know things they're tying up the loose ends like you know you know quiet your brats everyone out there listening with a kid quiet your brats (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was a game changer though tara bringing cookies that was pretty darn good Uh, what kind of psycho brings like I, you know, it's I say psycho is a good thing, just so you know. Like, that's just a savage move. Freshly baked cookies, like the 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 chocolate was still melty. I was blown away. Like, how can you beat that? It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. She added to the experience. You know, she comes in, gives us cookies right off the bat, and then you know, just when I'm starting to get the tinglies in the tummy for another. <laughs> All of a sudden, the bag of cookies starts floating my way again. Nice, nice. <laughs> I grabbed at least three of those. Yeah. I never feel right to like, you know, when someone's offering something, like I never want to take too much, number one, even though I would take the whole bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and number two, like you just feel kind of self-conscious, you know, taking from a bag that everybody's looking at, you know? I just, I don't know. That's Maybe it's just me, but I just, I just like really gingerly go in there and say, oh, thank you, you know, and then take her away. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have no shame because right off the bat, I grabbed two of those those things and, and I mouthed them with the quickness. That's why I love you, man. Like you, you make every situation just more comfortable for me because you just get in there. Oh, let me get in there. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, then, and then you inspire me to I'll go. be the guy that everybody's <laughs> looking at and being, what what's this guy's deal? So nobody else has to. Where we went to watch that movie like in west ed was that was that once called silver city um i feel like it was because i, I remember know what it's called now the scotia bank theater or something yeah some 
advertisement name that's not unique at all. Um, <laughs> uh, they had the, the, the fire-breathing dragon there, too. Remember that? That was up there? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, West Ed's changed so much over the years. Oh, I know, man. Half the stuff you can't recognize anymore. Yeah. But uh, that, that dragon used to just freak me out when I was a kid. Always. Because they would blow it right in your face, that fire, and it would it would literally just feel like a like an oven <laughs> on your face. And I'm like, is there any like safety protocols here? Like so, someone's hair had to have caught on fire at one point. Yeah, you know, that that makes me think, you know, the things that scar you as a kid, <laughs> right? Because I didn't think, you know, Randy kept saying, oh, you know, the, that kid's going to be scarred. That kid sitting in the back is going to be scarred because of this movie. And, and <laughs> I didn't agree. But now that you say that, I remember when I was a kid, I watched Dumb and Dumber. And you know the scene, he gets like this mental, like it's like his thoughts or whatever, and he punches the guy in the chest and rips out his heart. And he and bites like, his crotch? No. I don't. You don't remember that part? No, I don't remember that part. This part scarred me though. It's like burned in my memory. He like puts the heart in a paper bag and it's still beaten and he gives uh, it back to him. Yeah. When I was a kid, I saw that and I was like, <laughs> like I... I couldn't i had to like describe that scene to a therapist no to just somebody, <laughs> uh, like five years later and and found out it was dumb and dumber and watched it again and i was like wow this is what screwed me up as a child <laughs> that's the same scene though i'm talking about like when he's fighting everybody off in the in the in the, the restaurant right and he like he like punches the guy's crotch like a like a punching bag and then he bites it and i'm just like <laughs> oh shit what? <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't watched that movie in a long time. Uh, that's it's just like, it's weird the shit you remember because that, that part with the heart and the bag is burned in my memory. I wouldn't have even known it was a comedy because of <laughs> how scary I thought that was. <laughs> and then 20 years later, you realize it was a pure comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's... Totally contrary. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrell. Well, yeah. I mean everyone's a kid once you know lay off that's fair well tyrell this has been a slice i really appreciate you coming on the podcast today yeah i mean i'm sorry that you had to corral me to get me here but i'm really glad i came this is a great time you know that i've heard from other guests that uh, it's a very inviting experience and i gotta say if you're thinking about coming on you know uh zane makes it very easy so i try to be easy i'm not the difficult type but who knows you heard it here first yeah well i'm just i'm just lucky to be here my first you took my podginity so i'm (laughs) (laughs) i'm stoked i wouldn't have rather had it with anybody else (laughs) it was magical oh man that's gonna be a soundbite for sure (laughs) (laughs) oh god Uh, well anyways thanks a lot terrell i'm looking forward to having you on again soon and also hearing about the results of your marathon and good luck to that by the way yeah for sure i'm i'm really excited to come back and talk about how it went hopefully i don't blow up and i finish and that's all that really matters to me oh he got it man you're gonna be fine awesome thanks man anytime buddy we'll catch you next time and all you listeners out there thank you so much for tuning in to shatter the glass today i'm your host zane tomich we will see you again next time